Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'll be your host, the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'm your host, Carolyn Scott Hamilton, the Healthy Voyager. I hope you had a great summer. I'm sure it was a little too short for our liking. Many folks didn't even uh, feel like they had a summer um, in parts of uh, where I'm living. A lot of people near the beach had a very cold summer, but then plenty of people had some very, very, very hot summers, so I'm sure they're uh, excited to get some reprieve from the heat. And school is back in, and we're beginning to wrap our heads around all of the Halloween decorations that are popping up everywhere. And by next week, fall will officially be in full swing. So summer is totally gone. But I'm so happy to be back, and I'm very excited for the fall-winter season of Healthy Voyager Radio. Lots of awesome guests are lined up. Uh, lined up to share their knowledge with all of us through the holidays. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Um, <clears throat> it's every Thursday. You can join us on HealthyVoyager.com as well as on iTunes. So um, on iTunes, you can subscribe uh, to uh, not miss out on all the good stuff that's coming up. Very cool stuff. Alrighty, so today is a fun show because we're in September and we're starting to see fall make its way in and that means change of wardrobe. We're putting away our swimsuits and our shorts and we're starting to uh, look to trade them in for our boots and our coats and our cute sweaters. So fall uh, is fashion's most important season both on the catwalk and in print but unfortunately much of fall fashion includes a lot of non-eco and even more so non-vegan garments. If you look at uh, the September issue of um, Vogue which is one of the more the their most popular issue uh, most of that stuff is animally crap, so uh, it's tough. It's tough to compete with fall fashion uh, for those of us who are cruelty-free and eco-minded. But as the shift in our collective consciousness continues to change, fashion is changing too. You know, slowly but surely, a lot of designers are becoming more aware of alternative fabrics and design options, and additionally, there are a lot of new designers that are sprouting up every day that are launching nothing but eco and cruelty-free lines of bags and shoes and clothes. It's it's pretty awesome. I'm always stoked to find a new vegan line of shoes, um, especially because the designs are getting better and better all the time. For a while, eco and vegan clothing was pretty lame-looking in the way of fashion and style. A lot of square, boxy, colorless, kind of ugly stuff. And with the shoes, forget about it. For years, it they kind of look like cheap, crappy, faux leathery, shiny, round, ugly <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, definitely nothing sexy or too stylish really, but it really is getting better. And I know for many people, it's kind of infuriating to see like all the daytime talk shows, how they talk about all these overpriced collections and the must-haves for the season, especially in this economy. Like I know it's it's hard to believe that anyone can afford brand new boots and new bags and a whole new look every season. But if you invest in some quality basics, they'll be timeless. You know, don't get like this crazy patterny fatty thing and expect that it's going to last you the next 10 years. You know, if you invest in some basics, like if you do spend a little more than you normally would on a bag or a pair of shoes or something that um, because the, their quality items and their kind of basics, you're going to use them for a lot longer and they're going to last you a lot longer. So um, it's ends up being cheaper in the long run than buying a bunch of cheap stuff that falls apart um, every season. So uh, that's a good tip to uh, save you a little money and still look hip and cool all the time. And like with, with 
buying timeless basics, all you have to do is jazz them up and mix and match with some neat accessories. Um, so if you're looking at something that is fatty in the accessory world that you spend 10 bucks on, then you don't feel bad if it breaks or you throw it out next year because it's not cool anymore. But you still have those awesome shoes or that awesome bag that you can make look, uh, that you can update. And voila, there's a new wardrobe. So here are just a few lines that I happen to love that I've kind of stumbled upon. If you're searching uh, for some, some new stuff to add to your wardrobe, uh, or some goodies or some basics to add to your fall closet. Um, if you're looking for an affordable uh, online shoe um, outlet, I guess you say, um, Ragazzi Shoes, R-A-G-A-Z-Z-I, has some really nice and affordable vegan shoes for men as well as women. I know that they have some really cute vegan Uggs, which I know are tough to find, and also tough to find that look cute and will last. These are pretty good and well-priced because normally um, – the Uggs and knockoff Uggs are still in the $100 range, and uh, they have some really cute styles that are somewhere in the 50s, so it's not too bad. Um, and again, they don't leave out the men, so nice stuff at Ragazzi. Uh, great for kids, you know, if you're still doing some back-to-school stuff, check them out. Um, and if you have uh, some extra cash and you want to treat yourself to a hot pair of designer shoes, go for Olsen House. Olsen House has some beautiful, beautiful shoes. A little pricey, but again, if you up for the more basic kind of shoe, like a nice uh, black platform or, you know, something that you know you can mix and match with jeans and skirts and have for a while, definitely it's worth um, throwing down a little cash and investing in taking care of those shoes um, as opposed to something that's trendy. Uh, a, a couple lines that I found, um, Nuara, that's N-E-U-A-R-A, has a new line of sexy vegan shoes that I love as our um, Cree Decor. C-R-I-D-E-C-O-E-U-R, Cree Decor, um, beautiful, beautiful line of uh, animal-free shoes. Uh, not too cheap, but not outrageous either. Definitely not um, in the vein of an Olsen House type shoe, but both lines are pretty damn awesome, so definitely check those out. And I have links to both of those on um, the Healthy Voyager proof page, so check those out if you're looking for something sexy this fall and into your winter wear. Um, as for bags, I'm digging a few lines. Uh, Matt and Nat has been around for a little while and well-known in the vegan world for eco-vegan bags. Uh, Red-handed bags are pretty cool, and Cherry Berry uh, are really cool. All of these collections have kind of the look of like the hottest designer styles with none of the guilt and virtually half the price of, uh, of a designer bag. So they're all really well-made. So if you invest in one this year, it can easily last you a few seasons, if not longer, if you take care of it. Um, and again, you know, opt for not the one that has all the chains and the embellishment and all that stuff. Look for something that's kind of uh, timeless so it'll last you and you get a lot of wear out of it. Uh, now, where clothes are concerned, a lot of mainstream lines have plenty to offer. Uh, like I said, a lot of designers are becoming more aware of their uh, fabrics, gearing their, themselves more towards eco-friendly, uh, fair trade kind of stuff, as well as, you know, keeping the animal stuff out of it. Um, so we've gotten lucky there. Things are getting better in that arena. But if you're still looking for something unique and cheap, I always say check out secondhand stores because it's your best way to shop eco and save a few bucks. Um, so, you know, you're reusing old stuff and uh, you can jazz it up by taking it home. If you are a seamstress or know a seamstress, definitely do that. Pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, lots of lots of lines to, to choose from as far as clothes. But Shoes and bags are tough when you're looking for something that uh, you want uh, in qu that's quality and is also um, up to your standards as far as being eco and cruelty-free.
Alrighty, so stay tuned because after the break, I'll be chatting more fall fashion as well as rocking the vegan lifestyle with Glamazon fashionista from Girly Girl Army, Chloe Jo Davis. Hey parents, say hello to Instant Style with Fashion On. Just spray and look cool in an instant. What about my bifocals? Hey, I can't see. But your kids can see you, and trust me, they see fashion. Fashion On is not available in stores because it doesn't exist. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUsKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My first guest is the founder of girlygirlarmy.com, your Glamazon guide and vegan living. A sister and now a wife and mother here to tell us how she juggles it all in style is Chloe Jo Davis. Hi, Chloe. Hey, Carolyn. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for making the time with your busy schedule and your baby and all that good stuff to be on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, listen, if I make time to brush my teeth, it's a good day. <laughs> so tell That's us about it. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I can't wait to hear more about it. So yeah, tell us sure. about uh, the Girly Girl Army. Girly Girl Army is a site that I started about 10 years ago, and it's had many incarnations, but really when I had sort of my cruelty-free vegan awakening is when I decided to make my business full-time, you know, trying to get people to care a little bit about animals through glamorous living. So I found that there was really very few spaces like that when I was first, like, starting my veg journey and getting into animal rescue about 10 years ago, and I thought there had to be a way to do do it. That wasn't going to turn people off who wouldn't otherwise necessarily be in the movement, like the girls who were Manila Blahniks and got facials once a week. So I sort of figured, why don't why don't I start it? So um, I started it, and, and I, much to my shock and happiness, there were lots of other girls like me, and it became this little tight community. And you know, it's funny because you would think that the girls involved with Girly Girl Army would be kind of bitchy, but I found that for the most part, other than the PC police coming out very often, and believe me, I can be the PC police. It's a really a sisterhood. It's a great army of girls who really hook each other up. And, you know, it's so random. Like, I posted something the other day. Like, there's a rare, this is actually really interesting, there's a rare form of cancer that can be potentially cured with vegan breast milk. And so I put out a call for vegan breast milk, you know, pumped vegan breast milk to my audience. And, you know, tons of people wrote this woman back. So that kind of stuff, you know, it makes your heart happy. And uh, uh, Obviously, the fact that we're all helping animals with all the stuff we all do, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right. I didn't There's, really answer your question, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you totally did. And it's funny because there is such a mis- misconception about vegans being like grungy, hippie, stinky, non-shaving chicks. Right. And there's, that's so wrong. And, and you've really cornered the market on that. So have you always been a fashionista and a chic lifestyle gal or... And is it a struggle to kind of keep that up when you went vegan? 
That was my thing way before being into animals was. In fact, you know, I grew up in New York City, so there's very little, there's a lot of detachment from nature. I grew up Orthodox Jewish. Um, I, you know, really rebelled big time, and I became a nightlife person, and I was a nightlife promoter for many, many years, very successfully in New York. And, you know, part of being in the nightlife is being very experimental with your fashion, like going out of the house in some ridiculous outfits. I had mocks. I had hair different colors. I went out of the house in towels and a robe, and I, you know, totally ridiculous, like total 90s club scene New York, and I was always into it, and my aunt is a very well-known designer, and she had a lot of back stock always at the end of the seasons, and I had this huge, massive list for the nightlife, so I decided, she, well, she asked me if I could help her promote, you know, a sale for, you know, one season. They had a lot of overstock that they weren't selling, and I said, sure, and it became, it was hugely successful. I think they made, like, a few hundred thousand dollars in one day. It was really unbelievable, so they started asking me to do them regularly, and I ended up starting a sample sale business, and so the list kind of grew that way, and so yeah, I've always really been into fashion, and always really cared about the way I look, and you know, only because it's more of an expression of femininity for me, not as much narcissism, because at the end of the day, listen, like, I'm not going to be the girl who, you know, doesn't like the fact that my boobs aren't up to my chin anymore, because I breastfed, like, so what? I have a beautiful baby, and I'm feeding him from my boob, and there's nothing more beautiful, but I, I, I just enjoy the sort of artistry of getting getting yourself together and putting on bright colors and you know for me it's more of an expression of my personality or you know my artistic nature I guess and was it was it a tough Tra- transition when you became vegan to find it really was yeah I, because this was before this was all pre Kritiker and Olsen Haas and you know it was it was very fledgling and you know we all forget that so much has happened in the last five years I mean five mm-hmm. years you know is Dr. Cow didn't exist five years ago you know deities didn't exist five years ago so we've all you know really come a long way so yeah it was difficult and I slowly transitioned like everybody else does and I had my own journey and maybe I wore my used leather a little longer than I should have and you know until I got rid of it all and so yeah it was it was a different transition than I have you know people have such an easy go of it now and when I meet people and they're like how do you do it it's so difficult I'm like are you joking there's yes. nothing easier you can okay even if you lived in the sticks of Kentucky you still have numerous I don't want to like do any you know placement name placement here but numerous <laughs> vegan food delivery services that'll send you food and Daya and all those great brands right to your door so we really all have none, no excuse except pure laziness, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I fall victim to often myself. Yeah, it happens. But you're right. Shopping online, I mean, you can look hot and wear vegan great stuff and just shop online. So, yeah, for nothing sure. like and it vin- was yeah, and vintage stores are such a treasure trove. And really, I mean, I make no, I make no bones about the fact that I'm really animal caring first and foremost before I'm entirely green. So I'd be more likely to wear, you know, a boot that maybe had some plastic origin than I would an animal boot, even if it was a vintage animal boot. So, you know, for me, I, I, I've always found that the cheapy stores are also like treasure troves of, of places to get vegan stuff. I mean, like if you go to stores like Daffy's or Lomans or Filene's or whatever is in your neck of the woods, you, you'll find yourself plenty of vegan sweaters because, you know, what's cheap? Acrylic is cheap. Cotton's cheap. So, you know, there's plenty of options that way because I'm very aware that not everybody can afford to buy, you know, a $500 Lara Miller bamboo, you know, or soy knit sweater. So, you know, I try on, on Girly Girl Army to really, you know, give tons of different price point options for everybody, and I don't always succeed. Yeah, but I try. But it's definitely trial and error. Now, now that you're a mom, tell us how that's changed you and your style. 
you know, your body changes after you have a baby, and he, I only had him five months ago, so I probably am only wearing V-cut, V, like very low knit, low cut stuff, so that my boob is easily accessible. In fact, my boob is always out, much to the chagrin of my <laughs> sister. I just like you stop having shame in the game. Like you play around with the breastfeeding cover probably for a month or so, and then you're like, oh come on, get over it. I've show, I showed more cleavage last night. It's like come on, your nipples covered with their mouth. Get over it. It's like so yeah. I wear a lot of low cut stuff and a lot of leggings. Leggings are your best friends and Lululemon pants and yoga pants and you know you got it. The main thing with being a mommy is you got to get up and go because if you start nitpicking about what color shoe matches what, you really never get out of the house. But you also have to always take time for yourself and make sure that your mom or your babysitter or your friend comes over and, and plays with the baby for an hour so that you can, you know, go get your eyebrows waxed or do what you need to do so that you can feel like a woman and feel pretty and feel like a princess because every girl is a princess. Yeah, Totally. So, I mean, I don't think it's actually changed that much because during the day, you know, I I run Girly Girl from home. So, I always say Chloe by day, Chloe by night because during the day, I I literally wear yoga pants and tank tops. And the only person who ever sees me is my personal trainer, Kendra from Barefoot Tiger, and that's about it. And then at night, you know, you do it up. And so, I'm not, am I going out as much? Not necessarily, but it's not going to stop me from, you know, going to important events for animals. And honestly, I I really don't want to leave my baby. He's my best friend in the world. He's the most, he's the coolest person I know. So I, I don't get these women who like leave their babies all the time unless, you know, unless you really have to. And obviously I'm aware that I'm lucky that I don't really have to. Uh, I don't want to leave him. So I, yeah. unless he's invited, I'm not there. Yeah, that's awesome. So how fun is it to shop for your son now? Any fave clothing lines or toys that are must-haves for him? The Kate Quinn organic stuff is unbelievable. It's a little pricey, but you can always, I'm a big fan of coupon codes. I think you can pretty much, you know, find a coupon code for any site that you're looking for. So I I really have gotten a lot of great stuff from Kate Quinn organics, but really, I mean, talk about green. My friends have all been able to recycle so much to me. My sister has three-year-old twin boys and she said my sister-in-law has a three-year-old twin boy. So I have so much unbelievable hand-me-downs in great shape because they grow so quickly, you know, they wear them once or twice. So, I mean, that's really my green tip. And then also, like I said, those resale stores have great, great things. There's a store in New York called Clementine. I mean, what could be greener than, you know, getting something reused that's in great shape? And so that's really my best eco tip because a lot of the green clothing lines and the organic baby clothing lines are very expensive, although you'd be surprised to know that at places like Target and, you know, even Old Navy and H&M, they have baby stuff that is organic. So, you really, if you pick and choose, you know, my, my advice is always, if, if you really book, it's there. And, yeah. do things, and, and I really do things on a budget. I'm really, you know, maybe I used to be the girl who spent a lot, a lot of money. But now, even when I have, you know, a lot of money at my disposal, I, I don't, I'd rather donate it to causes that I care about than spend it on a dress. I think you can look fabulous in a $200 dress or a $20 dress or a $2,000 dress. It's really more about the way you put yourself together. I'm sure all your readers already know that, though, and your listeners. Yeah, yeah. People can rock it. People have learned in this economy to rock what they have, for sure. Exactly, and accessories now, go such a long way. Oh, for sure. You can wear something from Forever Twenty One and wear it with a fat pair of shoes and look hot. You and know? boom, and boom, done. You're on. Bob's your uncle. Now, about when you were pregnant, were there any lines or products that you absolutely loved for those nine months? 
I think it, you know, one thing that really, I am actually Alex Jameson. Um, if you know who she is, Alex Jameson, yeah, she like was on the show next week. Oh, awesome. She's a good friend of mine, and we're going to speak at the um, World Yoga Conference. It's the Jubilee, I think it's called, and we're doing a whole panel on vegan mommyhood, and we're going to be talking about all of the products that we're obsessed with, so that's actually been on my mind. And, you know, there's certain things, surprisingly, there, on, there are only one or two of. So, for example, uh, I know this is a little graphic, but nipple cream, because you need it when you're first in breastfeeding realm. Their Angel Baby is really the only um, lanolin-free breast cream, so that whole line is has been great to use for the baby because it's all organic and it's natural and it's affordable. So that was a must-have. And, um, you know, I, in terms of maternity clothes, I really saved a lot of money because I didn't buy them. I didn't buy into it. It's a lot of sort of hallmark advertising, and you, you're made to think that you have to have maternity clothes, and you really don't need to. You can go to your regular store wherever you go or your cheapy store or the vintage store and just buy things in an extra large and wear your husband's old button-down shirts. And there's so many, there's so many ways around it. Stick with your yoga pants. So while you're pregnant, I don't really think you need that much other than a lot of back rubs from your husband and ginger tea to fight the nausea and, you know, listening to your body with cravings because your body will tell you what it needs. Although the funny thing is, is that when I was pregnant, and I know a lot of vegan women that I've spoken to have had similar experiences, I didn't get those crazy, insane cravings like bacon and ice cream and pickles because my body Uh gets all the vitamins it needs. It gets everything it needs. So when my cravings would come, they'd be very specific. They'd be like, you need kale. Baby needs kale. You need seaweed. Baby needs seaweed. So it's really, and he's actually laughing at me while I said that. Baby needs seaweed. (laughs) Does Santa need seaweed? (laughs) He's laughing. You've been vegan for for how long now? Well, I I played in the realm of pesho veganism, as I called it, for about 10 years. And that was vegan except for the occasional sushi splurge, which is really not vegan, but it was the best I could do then. And now I've been real vegan for, I think, six years. Yeah, you've probably gotten everything enough out of your system where the cravings weren't were getting were getting you. I think people who like just become vegan and a year later are pregnant, they can easily fall into the oh my god, I need a hamburger, you know. Totally, and I hear it happening very, very often. And, you know, I think that Skinny Bitch Bun in the Oven was a great resource for me, and it helped me a lot in terms of really, like, delineating what I was supposed to eat and making sure I got my iron because that made a big difference. And realizing that you can get your – you don't have to necessarily take those gross iron pills. You can just make sure you put molasses in your smoothie in the morning or you get a lot of um, apricots, dried apricots in your diet. So it's just doing the research. It's funny how, you know – how easy it is if you just do the research and we I was talking to my good friend about this this morning I said we don't have to go to the library anymore we write yeah. one thing in the internet uh, you know vegan tuxedo shoes and and it's there so yeah. it's really using using the resources because they're there it's not just my site my site has a search engine which has which has compiled the last 10 years of all of our content so it's a lot of content and you can use my search engine but you can use Google and find everything so yeah we're, we're really lucky we're lucky, lucky, lucky so ducks. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so easy, easy now. Okay, so yeah. now that it's fall and you're in New York, who are some of your favorite designers to jazz up the fall wardrobe? 
I mean, I'm really right now, maybe it's because I'm not at my, you know, in my ideal body, but I'm all about shoes and bags. So, I mean, the Creed, the new Creed Occur handbags, I don't know if you've seen them, but they are mm. to die, to die for. They're fringed and they're so sexy and they're pricey, but, you know, it's the kind of bag that you'll wear and you'll wear it every day. And it really makes a statement and it's something you'd be proud to promote rather than, you know, you lie when it's an H&M bag. <laughs> Just, oh, I got it at a consignment store a few years ago. Yeah. So definitely a uh, Creed de Coeur bag, and the, there's an Olsen Haas beautiful um, green velvet shoes that I, I'm kind of in love with that I just got that I love. And, you know, the knits, you know, I'm going to definitely go down to Kate. She has some really good soy knits. I don't know if you know about Kate, but it's the it's our only eco, really our only eco store in New York with all green fashion. So probably pick up one or two pieces and wear those a lot. And like I said, a lot of supplementary stuff. But in terms of the trends, I mean, the trends to see and what was going on in Fashion Week to me are all a big bore. It's like grunge. It's like I just got over grunge. So I'm not yeah, going I've to like... a lot of lot of uh, stuff that I wore in high school. <laughs> yeah, like all the army and resurgence and resurgence of platforms. So I think, you know, it's really cute on like 17-year-olds and my sister who's a hipster who lives in Brooklyn looks adorable in certain things that I would just look ridiculous in. And, I, and I, I'm getting more into looking elegant. I think it took me a long time, but I'm getting more into it and getting a little away from the drag queen aesthetic. Although, <laughs> you know, I'll always, have a place in, I'll always have a place in my heart for leopard skin and big lashes. Yeah, rocker look. Yeah, we all need that every now and again. But I agree, as you get older, you're like, I kind of like the classic timeless look. And then you see those women, I mean, you know, I live in New York City, and, you know, I, I live on the Upper East Side, and I walk down Park or Fifth Avenue to go to the park with my baby, and those women who are quaffed to the nines who are usually gross fur hags, but, what you know, when you don't see them during fur season, they actually yeah. look really fabulous, and so you think, well, maybe there's something about tan, or, you know, a, new, a nude shoe really does elongate the leg, or, you know, you just kind of back and forth with yourself, but, you know, I think it's good to have everything in your closet so you can always play with every mood that you have, and I've got a really expansive closet so that I, you know, it's like, my, as my mom always says, oh, you don't have anything? Shop in your closet. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, I totally appreciate you uh, making the time to call again. And where, again, for the listeners, can we find out more about you and Girly Girl Army? Well, you can you can find more about us always on girlygirlarmy.com, and we're Girly Girl Army on Twitter as well. And we're actually it's really exciting. We are we're going to be starring in a new show on VH1. Me, my husband Jeremy, and the baby. And we've already shot a bunch of shows, and we're signing contracts today. So it's a lot is about to be revealed, but it's really good stuff, and it's going to be exciting to see a vegan family on mainstream TV. So keep your fingers crossed. That is awesome. Move over, yeah. Osborns. Yeah, or more like move over New Real Housewives of New Jersey because yeah. I bring the drama, girl. <laughs> that is awesome. I can't wait for that. Thank well, you, you get so back much. To, you get back to Baby Panther and uh, all the stuff going on, and I will uh, catch up with you later. Thanks again. Thank you for all you do. You're a great resource. Thanks. Everybody stay with us because after the break, I will be chatting with the discerning brute himself, Joshua Ketcher. Alrighty, mateys. Welcome to the ocean. I've sailed the seven seas a hundred times and found something I like even more than me treasure. Tis the ocean, beautiful and clear. Right now I'd be sailing over the Great Barrier Reef. It just shivers me timbers thinking of all the fish and coral below me. Wait, what's that floating by? The plastic bag! By Blackbeard's eye patch, that's disgusting. 
Why did you know that many of these things come from folks throwing them carelessly on the ground? It'd be true! Lend us a hand by always recycling and disposing of your trash properly. Boys, get the plank ready. Somebody's gotta dive in and get that bag. Any volunteers? All right, fine. I'll do it myself. Cannonball! Find out what you can do to help keep the oceans healthy at keepoceansclean.org. Brought to you by the Keep Oceans Clean Alliance and the Ad Council. Thanks for coming back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My next guest is a vegan renaissance man, a writer, artist, producer, activist, and fashionista. The discerning brute has definitely garnered attention for all the right reasons. With me now is Joshua Catcher. Hello, Joshua. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How's life in New York? Is it turning fall and getting pretty right now? It's beautiful in New York right now, and we're just at the middle towards the end of all the fashion festivities from Fashion Week, and New York in autumn has always been my favorite thing about living on the East Coast. So yeah, it's great. The cool air, the leaves changing, all the autumn foods. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah, so pretty over there. Here, we don't get we don't get many seasons, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a time warp on the West Coast. I'm like, it's just permanent summer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So for those who don't know, who is the discerning brute? The discerning brute is actually not me, which is a little bit of a... Uh, you know, something that's a little funny that I have to correct sometimes. But I, I, will, I willingly accept the title that I am a discerning group, but I'm not, you know, the only. I feel like any man who, you know, cares both about lifestyle and culture and art and aesthetics and foodieism, but also cares about being conscientious and making more ethical decisions, any guy who, who kind of does that is also a discerning group. So what inspired you what inspired you to kind of I know now you say that it's a little bit of a correction but who what inspired you or take on this persona and how did you kind of put it all in motion Well the thing that inspired me um was really just you know looking for creative ways to be an advocate for animals and um I was always somebody who was involved in the arts and involved in communication and um you know, I, I've been shooting video and photography since I was a kid. My parents are both photographers, and from the time I was 14, I was shooting wedding videos for them. So I really got familiar with um, this idea of communicating a message through media to uh, to an audience. And I feel um, I feel like the discerning brood is kind of just. Um, you know, the latest result of all of those things built up over time. That um, I I have these communication skills, I, I have some creative art skills, and um, there's a lot of power in aesthetics. And fa the fashion industry um, is very culturally significant. And, you know, a lot of animal advocates are not necessarily that crazy about the fashion industry. It's known for, you know, being sexist and being racist and, you know, having terrible image issues with women and um, and I totally wholeheartedly agree with all of those things, but at the same time, I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what kinds of things can people find on your site? I know you've got all kinds of neat stuff on there. My site is full of anything that would have to do with a male lifestyle um, approach to ethical living, uh, ethical living with style, um, from recipes to fashion tips, um, even to articles that I write, to interviews that I do with people that I find interesting, and to um, initiatives that, that I start and contests that I have and books. You know, it's just it's a full-on lifestyle site. And there was a real void in the lifestyle um, website community when it, com when it comes to men. A lot, of these, a lot of these green websites are geared towards women. Um, and nothing is really addressing male identity and male culture. And I find that one of the largest roadblocks to sustainability is mainstream male identity. Yeah, I, I agree. It, the, the, the vegan world even is very female-centric and, and very female-propelled, so to speak. And uh, I think what you're doing is super neat and is filling the void because most people will think, uh, in the vegan male, eco male group, they're all kind of hippie, grungy, big beards, kind of, you know, that kind of guy, <laughs> you know, and you're, you're making it sexy for dudes to, to switch over. So I think it's, it's pretty kick-ass what you're doing. Well, thank you. And it's funny, luckily for those bearded, hippy-dippy guys, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty in right now, <laughs> but it probably only lasts a couple of years. So go, uh, go wander around Fashion Week if you're all grungy. People will love it. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about that with Chloe earlier, how all the stuff I wore in high school is back, and I'm like, ugh, it was ugly then. Oh, my then. God, it's yeah, ugly now. totally. <laughs> <laughs> Break out your, uh, your beat-up combat boots and your, and your flannels and your band T-shirts, and don't totally. do your hair. <laughs> yep, no hair, no makeup, oh, yuck, never again. <laughs> so how do you find the projects that you get involved with, and uh, what are you currently working on right now? A lot of the projects I get involved with, I, I get approached by different organizations or different individuals, and often um, I have to kind of sift through what I want to align myself with. And, uh, you know, there's only so much time we have in a day. I'm sure you know that. Um, so it, it takes a lot of uh, balancing. And, um, for example, I, I just flew out to Los Angeles. I was on your coast. Um, to interview Bob Harper, who's the host of uh, the really popular show Biggest Loser. Um, mm -hmm. He's the celebrity personal trainer, and he's recently gone vegan. And Farm Sanctuary, who's one of my, one of my favorite organizations, they um, asked me to go interview him for um, the Walk for Animals because he's the 2010 national spokesperson for the Walk for Animals. So I did that. Um, and that was, you know, that's their thing. And I also have a bunch of initiatives that I'm working on that I've started and a bunch of projects that are, you know, that have kind of stemmed out of the discerning brute. And one of them, which I just launched the other day, is called Pinnacle. And it's specifically aimed at the fashion industry um, and designers and artists to get them to reinvent and redesign and breathe new life into the classic no fur pin because there's been such a resurgence in fur. There's more fur on the runways now than ever before. We're losing the battle, and it's because our tactics are, you know, we're doing the same old things over and over. And, yeah, um, 80s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only so much that standing, you know, on a sidewalk with a picket 
uh, picketing and yelling at people can do. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but we also need to do other things. <laughs> and, uh, so the, the Pinnacle campaign is to get designers and artists to make an accessory. It doesn't have to be a pin, um, but it, to symbolize their anti-first sentiment. And I've gotten a lot of big names uh, from the fashion industry and uh, the entertainment industry involved in it, and I'm really excited. We have the legendary artist Peter Max is going to be doing something. Um, we have uh, John Bartlett, who's a very respected designer. He sits on Vogue's CFDA Board of Directors alongside our arch enemy Anna Wintour. Um, and he's, he's actually just gone vegan, which is really exciting. And he's transitioning okay. his entire collection to, vegan, to, uh, to being vegan. Um, and it's, it's just super exciting to see somebody as influential and respected in the mainstream fashion world as, as John is doing something like that. Yeah, that's that's a good a good get for your message for your yeah yeah your direction you're going in. Thanks. Yeah, it's exciting. But anybody, you don't have to be a fashion designer to do it. Anyone can make a pin or a necklace or you know a, a tiara or a t-shirt, whatever. Anything you want to make that has an anti-fur message attached to it that would look good in an image up on the internet that will feature it on our website, which mm -hmm. is reinventtheicon.com hmm. and um, yeah, check it out. Go check it out and if you have a creative uh, bone in your body, then uh, make something. Yeah, I will for sure. That's great. Now I'll definitely post it on the website cool. and, uh, and get the word out. So tell us, why are you vegan? When did you become vegan? And what separates you from all the other vegans out there trying to spread the word? <laughs> oh my God. This is this is such a difficult question to always answer. I'm I'm uh, I've been vegan for so long that I don't I don't remember I almost don't remember what it was like to not be vegan. So that's like somebody asking me like how does it feel to be human? Um, <laughs> it's um it's great. It's rewarding. It's inspiring. I every day I you know I wake up with um with something passionately you know you know something that I'm so passionate about that I, that I want to do, that I'm um, so driven by it. And um, it's rare to find a muse like that. And um, a lot of artists will turn to, um, you know, music or, uh, you know, other, other art or even sometimes, you know, substance abuse to find that muse, to find inspiration. And I guess as vegans, we're kind of lucky because we have, we're so passionate about it. We have that inspiration that we need and that drive that we need to do what we want to do effectively. And um, uh, I went vegan originally. Um, I, I think I must have been early college when I officially was totally vegan, but it was a slow transition from high school. Um, mm -hmm. And being a teenage vegan in high school, I actually wrote a, an article for um, a, teen, a teen magazine <laughs> called I Was a Teenage Vegetarian. <laughs> um, just all about that experience of being, you know, under your parents' roof and following the rules and not questioning adults and suddenly kind of realizing that, hey, maybe the, the adults aren't always right. Maybe there's, you know, something larger and something kind of dark that's going on and I don't want to be a part of that. And how do you articulate that to, you know, to those who consider themselves, you know, to 
that they need to be respected, your parents, your teachers. Right. Um, Biting the hand uh, that feeds, literally. (laughs) What's that? Biting the hand that feeds, literally. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just remember being in that moment, and I have so much um, respect for any young person that can, you know, stick to their guns and, and really um, live the values that they, that they want. And um, what, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of my gay friends have said it was more difficult to come out as vegan than it was to come out as gay. And I can wow. totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk, Joshua. It shouldn't be that hard for any, anything that you're talking about. Ooh, but, did yeah, you hear that? The world we live a thunderstorm. In. <laughs> uh oh! Oh, you're gonna get struck by lightning. I remember that old wives' tale. <laughs> if you, you hear the car alarms in the background, it'll just remind you of New York City. Every time thunder thunder strikes, uh, or thunder sounds, thunder doesn't strike. Uh, all the car alarms <laughs> go off. Um, so, so tell me, Joshua, what's? I know that you do um, ethical handsomeness consults. How do you do that, and how do you save the many clueless people out there? It's hard. Actually, it's not that hard for guys. Guys have it easy when it comes to fashion because we don't have that many options. Mm. You know, there's you can be you can have like an urban look, you can have a little bit of like a hip hop look, you can be kind of punk rock, you can be like the suit and tie guy. There's only so many variations of men's style. Um, when it, women, you know, there's just hundreds of ways to dress and there's it's it's hard to really, you know, find your one your one style as a woman. For guys it's a little easier and I really just recommend for guys to steer clear of trends and just go for classic menswear. Classic menswear always looks good. You know, a suit that fits you well, that the shoulder seams fall right and you know where, you know, uh, it should it should make it should complement your body. Don't wear a giant suit. And you know, and a tie, and that's you can't you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so for a guy who's totally fashion clueless, I would really just say go with classic menswear. But um, if you want to get more creative, there's uh, there's a lot of resources, and my blog is one of them, um, where I talk about different you know trends in menswear, and and I point out different items. Like I just uh, on the website, you'll see just a few days ago, I was talking about. Steve Allen um, has a couple of really nice organic cotton um, plaid button-down shirts. And plaid, as we were talking about earlier, is back because of grunge. So if you want an ethical grunge shirt uh, and you like plaid, um, go for it. Steve Allen has some nice organic cotton. Um, And as far as shoes go for guys, again, there's only so many men's shoes to choose from. There's, you know, the classic Oxford and the classic Derby shoe or the classic boat shoe. Um, and now we have all of those in a vegan option, and you can usually find them on a on a site like Moo Shoes or um, any of the any of the vegan shoe sites. Mm. So, in your time being vegan, and I, like you mentioned before, like men are. They don't have that many options, and they're so often left out of the fashion conversation because of the lack of options. And then becoming vegan and eco-conscious, how much harder was it for you to make that transition? And now, of course, it's a little easier, but back then, where did you go to find that stuff? 
Back then, it was really hard. You had to kind of make your own style, and you had to work with what was available. Um, you know, you you could find a couple of non-leather shoes at Payless, then you would at the same time be a little torn because you know they're probably made in a sweatshop and they're probably mm. made of toxic materials. So it's hard. Uh, you know, it's only recently that we really have the options of really well-made vegan shoes for men that are not made in sweatshops and that, you know, that aren't necessarily cheap. But mm. that's one big misconception that that I want to point out is that cheap doesn't always equal... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hailing incredibly. Do you hear that? There's like. There's oh, like I can golf, totally hear it shortly. Yeah, like, like very faint in the back. There's like balls of hail hitting my skylight. I'm so distracted right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you should see it outside. <gasps> it looks like a and blizzard. And near. <laughs> oh my Lord. Okay, I have to go somewhere that's not. Sounding like golf balls. <laughs> well, you're not going to die. I love how at the beginning of the conversation we were like, it's beautiful right now. So now I know, like, we kind of cursed yes. ourselves. <laughs> Come here, Enzo. My dog is scared. Oh. Come here. Um, so, anyway, we were, ta- we were talking, oh, we were talking about, about the misconception, the misconception of cheap stuff being like bad for, like, it's, even though it's cheap or, you know, to not have to get fake leather stuff. It's yeah, bad yeah. You and that sort of thing. A lot of people are confused why things are expensive. They say, oh, my God, I'm not going to pay $300 for a pair of shoes. And we're kind of trained to think that everything should be cheap. But when you think about really what goes into making a pair of shoes, if somebody is paid fairly to make them and the materials you're using are good and they're quality fabrics and they're not toxic and they had to be, you know, um, produced in a very stringent way that didn't pollute the environment, um, at the end of the day, you're talking about a very expensive product. And mm-hmm. the only reason something is cheap is because somewhere along the lines, someone is getting screwed over. So either, the la- either it's you know, somebody who's making it is getting not paid fairly or the materials they're using are cheap and made you know, in huge quantities and are you know, polluting. Um, when something is expensive and ethical, there's a good reason for that. But there's also things mm-hmm. that are expensive for no good reason. So it's a little confusing, and it might be um, – <laughs> it's hard to navigate if you're a newcomer to the fashion, you know, to the fashion world, um, what to buy and where to look and all those things. But I feel like I try to do a lot of that filtration on my website, and, um, and I hope that you know, what I provide is helpful. And often, it's not perfect. I showcased a suit that was made from um, synthetics because there really are no ethically made, non-wool, sustainable suits for men that look good. So you have to kind of pick your poison. Are you going to buy a, a synthetic suit that the processes of making those synthetic fibers are, you know, kind of toxic? Or are you going to go with wool that, you know, yes, in and of itself, the hairs, the fibers are natural and they're biodegradable, but it comes attached to a living animal that not only there's one billion sheep, that's a huge cause of greenhouse gas emissions. You know, livestock Mm -hmm. are the number one cause of global warming, and sheep are 
25% of all land mammals. They make up, including wild animals, uh, there's one sheep for every six people. And this is not something that anyone's talking about, that, you know, wool production is one of the hugest causes of global warming. <laughs> and uh, I know, so sustainable designers, if you're listening, green designers, if you're listening, stay away from wool. It's not, there's, no, there's nothing green or sustainable about it. Even if it's organic wool, it's not. You can't have a sustainable livestock product. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And back to what you mentioned before about cheap stuff. Um, over the long haul, when you're buying cheap items, they fall apart so much more quickly, and therefore you continue to buy cheap crap, and it ends up being the same as buying a good quality item for a little bit more that's going to last you longer. It's so, true. You know, yeah. Budget and that's friendly why doesn't always help. Yeah. And that's why I recommend going with classic menswear for guys. That stuff doesn't go out of style and you make an investment in a suit, it should last you 15 years. Unless, you're, unless your body drastically changes, you should be able to wear that suit for a very long time. And it's, you should pay, you know, over $500 for a very good, well-made suit. And, but if you think about it, that's going to last you 15 years over the course of those 15 years, the number of times you wear it, it probably won't, you know, it ends up being worth it. It ends up being, you know, maybe you pay a, a dollar for every time you wear it over the 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, quality stuff goes a long way. So who yeah. are some of your favorite designers that are hot, sexy, and ethical in, you know, the world of menswear and the shoes and accessories? Well, the menswear world... Um, is a little lacking, but it's one of the reasons I'm kind of stepping up to the plate. I'm going to be having my own line of suits and tuxedos very soon. Um, nice. And an, on, and an online store called Brave Gentlemen, emphasis on gentle, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> where I kind of, you know, curate um, my favorite um, my favorite articles of clothing and uh, accessories from all the different men's collections in addition to my own. But right now, um, something that should be on a lot of guys' minds is what are you going to wear as a winter coat that's not made of wool, that's not made of leather, and that's not made in a sweatshop out of toxic materials. So um, mm -hmm. Boat Couture, who I'm sure you've heard of, mm -hmm. uh, Leanne uh, Mele, um, she makes really awesome, ethically, cruelty-free, eco um, winter coats for both men and women. And she's making a classic pea coat in a couple different styles for guys. And she's offering a pretty good sale right now. So if you're looking for a winter coat or an autumn coat, um, I would check that out. It's uh, Vote Couture, V-A-U-T-E-C-O-U-T-U-R-E. -E. Um, in addition to that, I just got in the mail um, my first pair of Melissa Plastic Dreams for men. Uh, it's a line called M0. And I don't know if you've heard of Melissa Plastic Dreams, but basically it's this really cool shoe company, and they make their shoes, they, uh, they're molded out of recycled plastics. And me. When, when you're done with them, you can send them back and to be re-recycled into a new pair of shoes. Um, and That's they, awesome. Um, yeah, they're really cool. They're, they're molded to look like Oxfords, and I'm wearing them right now. They're these gray, cool, flocked, uh, recycled plastic shoes. They're I like jellies for adult men. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's awesome. <laughs> um, but you know, there's so many designers go, uh, right now that are doing cool stuff um, in the menswear world. Novacas, uh, which means no cows in Portuguese. Um, that's a line that's um, owned by the the ladies who own Mushu's. It's their own personal shoe line. And they've got some really cool styles for um, autumn, winter 2010 uh, for guys. They have some really um, fashionable work, work boot style shoes in gray and in black. Um, and they have some nice combat boots and um, some dress shoes. And it's come a long way. It's come a long way since we've only had just the veggie Doc Martens, you know? Right. Or, uh, or worse, the whatchamacalls, the flip-floppy things. Oh, disgusting. Oh, the veggie Birkenstocks? Oh, uh, Birkenstocks. <laughs> the Tevas and socks. I actually saw somebody in Tevas and socks. I thought that was only a cliche, but it actually exists. In New York City, no less. Maybe he just um, went outside to get the paper or throw out the trash. Let's just hope <laughs> that was the case. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Don't wear Tevas and socks. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you should have given him a ticket on the spot. <laughs> So where I'd can rather we give find a out? To people. Oh, oh to people wearing fur and stuff. Yeah, the, there's a big <laughs> trend. There's a big trend right now that's really disturbing me, and I just wrote about it recently. It's the uh, the foxtail keychains. Um, have you seen those around in in uh, in like Los Angeles or San Francisco? It's big on the West Coast, actually. Not probably, so huge probably in New York. Probably probably in a little more because it's a little chillier, so I, I don't know. I think here everything seems always so summery, so even yeah. as a keychain, I feel like, yeah, I don't see the that stuff thing, as yeah, much here. It has no function, yet all these Keepless, yeah. you know, young hipsters are wearing um, foxtails attached to their belt loops or on a necklace or whatever, um, and you can, you know, you can blame it on childhood nostalgia, like Davy Crockett hat, or mm-hmm. um, you know, the costume from where the wild things are that the little boy wears. Or, yeah. but what it really is is a chopped off animal's tail, and it's horrible, and it's become really That's popular crazy. and really cool. And one of the stores that is responsible for selling these in large quantities is a store called Slow in LA. And I've been emailing yeah. back and forth with one of them. And he said, he said one of the craziest things to me. And I don't know if he was kidding, but <laughs> he said um, most of our products, this is a quote, most of our products actually come from Native American tribes collecting the remains of animals who have died in nature. <laughs> what a crap. Oh, crap. That is bull yeah. crap. Because... That is- Native Americans yeah. never do that. They respect the animal, and they have no need for it anymore. Maybe 200 years ago, you know, it's, 200 years ago when they used the entire animal for warmth and weapons and needles, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> and I have no problem with, like, you know, if you're, if you're an indigenous Eskimo and you need to kill an animal to survive, like, I'm not going to argue with that. It's not, well, for fashion, it's not about survival. It's about aesthetics. Yeah. And in addition to that, if an animal dies in nature, it begins to decompose the minute it dies. Immediately, yeah. It needs to be preserved. It needs to be tanned and chemically treated to make fur. Fur is not green. There's nothing natural about it. It goes into all these chemical treatments. And to have either, either this store, the supplier, the fur supplier, is telling them this lie so that they feel comfortable with buying the fur, or they're lying to me. 
but they're not going to have one on me because I know that you can't, there's, nobody's going to just stumble across a dead fox that died of natural causes and cut off the tail in large that enough many, quantities. That many. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's wow. ludicrous. It's ludicrous. That must be an epidemic, these, these poor animals just keeling over and lucky yeah. out. Yeah, and there must be a large <laughs> amount of land left where, you know, these, these Native Americans that this, you know, that this person is evoking to complement his argument um, are wandering around following old foxes who are about to keel over. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. And, and yeah, it's, it's hard to believe that most people will believe that and be like, oh, I feel better about it. Yeah, people want to yeah. believe that stuff. You ha- they look for those justifications so that they can feel okay about it. And, and it's really sad. It's, it it's is really just sad. It's a keychain. It's just a keychain. I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, Joshua, tell us where we can find out more about you and all the neat stuff you're working on um, for both men and women. You can find all of my information up on thediscerningbrute.com. And you'll find links to all of my other projects from there. You'll find a link to Pinnacle campaign that we talked about earlier. And you'll find a link to my Gracious Gourmand link, which is a supper club that I started in Williamsburg featuring a rotating cast of vegan chefs every other Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find just, you know, a very curated um, list of information that um, kind of keeps people up to date on things that I – I think are culturally significant. I mean, it's funny because just yesterday I picked up a copy of The New Yorker. It's right now on um, the top of my blog. The cover is four different animals wearing fur coats of other animals. And it kind of just points out how ridiculous it is to wear the coat of another animal. Um, I thought it was pretty brilliant. So you can go to my website and check that out. I will, for uh, sure. And anything else you can see images from the food that we served at the last Gracious Gourmand, the delicious, oh my God, that's pretty crazy. And um, the printed, the, the digital magazine that we just released for the Pinnacle campaign featuring our spokesmodels, Carolina and Adam, who are a really great vegan couple, and they're both Ford models, and uh, just super adorable, compassionate people. Um, so yeah, hope Very to see cool. you there and leave comments. Yeah, I will for sure, and I'll, I'll pimp it out on the site and uh, and tell people about the uh, the uh, the whole project going on, so that more people can create neat stuff for the for the cause. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thanks again for making the time in your hailstorm uh, to be on the show today. Be safe and <laughs> keep dry. <laughs> Thank and you. And I'm looking forward to more neat stuff from the discerning brute. I look forward to making more stuff just for you, and sorry about the the hailstorm that attacked our conversation. It'll never happen again. No worries. It makes it exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Everybody, don't go anywhere, because we'll be right back to wrap up the show. Bye. Welcome to today's Lottery Drawing, and today's winning numbers are not yours, not yours, and another number that's not yours. And the final number is not yours. When it comes to having money, don't rely on luck. Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering it. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. 
and we're back to Healthy Voyager Radio. Alrighty, make sure you visit girlygirlarmy.com, and that's G-I-R-L-I-E, girlygirlarmy.com, as well as the Discerning Brute, B-R-U-T-E, the discerningbrute.com, for more information on Chloe and Joshua, as well as their fab and fun blog posts. Uh, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Healthy Voyager. On Facebook, you can join my fan page and check out all the uh, postings that I put up every week, new blog posts and giveaways and all that stuff. Uh, if you're on MySpace, I'm on there. I got to be honest, I haven't been on that in forever, but there's a page. Uh, YouTube and all the other sites. But of course, the, the best place to find out more of what's going on in the Healthy Voyagers world is HealthyVoyager.com. And if you log on to the website, you can join our own social networking um, area on the website, which is the Healthy Voyager Passport Pals. You just uh, sign up, create your own profile, and you meet some other folks that are like-minded, and you can share travel stories and recipes and photos and just kind of mingle with other people on that uh, social networking aspect of HealthyVoyager.com. And then you can also sign up for the weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays, uh, those who sign up for the subscription for the newsletter get some added bonus uh, giveaways and uh, coupons and deals that uh, regular readers do not. So be sure to subscribe and you'll get it just once a week in your inbox, easy peasy, and uh, take advantage of some of the neat stuff that's on the newsletter. All right, I'd like to thank Chloe Joe Davis as well as Joshua Catcher one more time for all of their great info today. Be sure to check out podcasts of today's show as well as past shows on HealthyVoyager.com and on iTunes and Zoom. So if you want to subscribe and catch up uh, any shows that you've missed, do that and uh, you'll be uh, ready to go when new stuff comes out. Be sure to join me next week for one of my most exciting shows yet. I'll be welcoming my hero in health, Dr. T. Colin Campbell of The China Study, as well as the upcoming film Forks Over Knives. Very excited for him to be on the show, as well as the voice of reason from the Super Size Me movie, vegan chef and nutrition expert Alex Jameson. And before we head out, I'm going to play us out with a song by Owl City. This one-man band made it big on the scene last year uh, with his song Fireflies. This uh, vegetarian is touring the world and continuing to write some pretty interesting music as well as his blog posts are really kind of pretty and interesting. So check them all out um, and see what Adam Young of Owl City is doing and has going on at owlcitymusic.com. Alrighty, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm glad to be back and excited for this season of shows. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week and enjoy The Tip of the Iceberg by Owl City. Bye. Welcome Winter once again And put on your warm fuzzy sweater Cause you'll feel much better